Welcome to The Antidote. This is actually week four. I can't believe they haven't thrown me off the air yet for uh, doing this show, and nobody's complained, but maybe that's because nobody knows. Tonight, forewarned, tonight is retro night. If you're not into retro, maybe uh, maybe mom and dad are, so maybe you need to go and uh, wake up dad off the sofa, get mom out from washing the dishes in the kitchen. We've got a special night so listen up, and we're going to start off with the very first retro Christian uh, rock artist. So really more of a folk realm, but this is, uh, this is uh, Larry Norman, and the track is You Can't Take Away the Lord. Satan, you just can't take away the church or the Bible book unless you want to waste your time. You better take a second look, cause you can't take away my shield, can't take away my sword, and you can't take away the Lord. Well, he made me, and he saved me, and I follow after everywhere he So that was Larry Norman, all the way back from 1969, off his uh, first uh, first album, Upon This Rock, done on Capitol Records. Next up is actually is his, his protege, who is Randy Stonehill, and this is from uh, Welcome to Paradise uh, from 1971, and we've got uh, Keep Me Running. Once you come 
Well, what we've got up now is a uh, is actually a uh, interview I did with Randy Stonehill just uh, two weeks ago. So now you got to bear with me because we've got a really quiet interview track because Dave blew it when I was recording. So listen, what we're hoping for is that maybe you've got your volume control nearby, and we're going to give this a try right now. Thanks. Stonehill is known as one of the fathers of Christian rock music, and Randy's uh, been kind enough to take some time and join the antidote and share his thoughts on Christian rock music and how it's moved from its infancy to uh, today's era. So Randy, your first album, Born Twice, it debuted in 1971, and it's considered one of uh, Christian rock's most influential albums. So what kind of reception did the album receive and Christian rock in general back in 71? Well, you know, Dave, um, that was, well, it it certainly received um, a mixture of responses because um, that that whole approach to sharing the gospel was so fresh and new. I think, I think in truth, though, um, the record that, that really um, put me on the map was was one called Welcome to Paradise uh, and that came out in 1976 I know that um, that's that's the album that's actually um, thought of as as one of the seminal works of the of the genre along with uh, Larry Norman's uh, Only Visiting This Planet and I think Amy Grant's Age to Age um, but so it was really interesting uh, to like I said to see the response uh, to the music you had it was there was a great polarization um, you had I think some of the perhaps more cautious old school thinkers looking at rock and roll and thinking oh no good thing can come of this you know and uh, but uh, for you know for guys like me uh, for whom that music was of such a powerful voice in my own life I was just doing what came naturally I was going well, I was thinking, well, this Jesus came crashing into my life. This is nothing less than miraculous, and I want to share it with the tools I've been given. So I just was kind of guileless and, and uh, doing what I thought I should do. And then I found that my generation, kids that would never think to darken the doors of a church, we didn't even know what that was about, they were hearing the timeless message of the gospel in in their own language. And so, like I said, there was a vast polarization. We had a lot of raised eyebrows, a lot of doors slammed in my face. And then we had, the exciting thing was this sense of that God was at work, and we had, we had you know, this whole new generation hearing the gospel uh, in a way that was accessible. So the church was changing then, trying to say, hey, relevancy is the common word used today, but... Uh even then, it applied. It even applied back then. So, what about your music in the in the last uh, decades? Is the is the message still the same? I think foundationally it is, um, because the message still is about God's version of reality and our longing for hope, and the fact that it can only be found through the nail scarred hands of Jesus and relationship there. I think, by God's grace and a lot of homework, I mean, I think I've gotten better at what I do and more more nuanced but you know the key directive has always been the same uh, which is to just show how 
Christ is you know intimately acquainted with and completely relevant to every facet of our humanity and our journey. So now in regards to Christian rock in general, do you really feel that it has a has a you know a significance in the in the general market or is Christian music or Christian rock in that aspect designed just strictly for a for a Christian audience? Well, you know, um I think I think there have been lines there there has been a bleeding you know over of uh, across lines to some extent and i i think perhaps you can't even define it specifically in that there are uh, there are artists who are christians who have a a passion and a sense of calling to take their work uh to clubs to colleges uh, really beyond the church boundaries but yeah but i i tend to i i I tend to look at the situation and think, yeah, you know, I think to a large extent it really has been uh, sequestered, um, and uh, I, I think it it can be encouraging and challenging to the church body, but I I still imagine that um, that God has designs broader than that, and I've seen that become. You know, a reality to some extent with groups like uh, Switchfoot. Oh, I don't know. There, there's several now, probably that have come up in the last ten or fifteen years. Most of whom I cannot name. But there, there's there's some guys that are taking it to the streets. Uh, But yeah, I think for the most part, especially with the worship movement, um, it has become more in-house, and I, I find that somewhat disturbing. No, it's true because I do know some other bands, and they're one band in particular, and they're entire. They entirely play bars. Yeah, we'll play the odd Christian music festival, but yeah, they really feel that they want to reach out to people, and uh, and they're quite quite well accepted that way. So again, that's the first part of a two part uh, interview we've got tonight with Randy Stonehill. So again, he uh, he actually just played in town, like you say, just a couple of weeks ago. So a lot of old people like myself were out uh, enjoying the night and hearing what he had to say. So back in the early realm, again, because it really started up in about 69 that uh, Christian rock started to start coming to the, uh, you know, coming available or just acknowledged in the uh, general market. So anyway, but their Canadian bands weren't totally excluded from that, but they were in a minimal, you know, minimal realm. But there were two really significant uh, early Christian bands, somewhat into the heavier rock realm. First one is Servant uh, that we're going to play tonight with their song uh, Cheap Talk. The band started up in Victoria, B.C. back in 76. This is from their uh, World of Santa album that came out in 82.
So again, that was Servant with uh, Cheap Talk. Next band up is Daniel Band. No, not the Dan Band. This is Daniel Band. And no, it's also not named after the book of, uh, or named after the artist who is uh, Dan McCabe. It's actually named after the book of Daniel. Dan McCabe and uh, Tony Rossi are the two main players in the band. Tony Rossi just is just absolutely amazing on guitar. Absolutely, probably the best live guitarist that I've had the opportunity to see. This band started off in Bendale Bible Chapel in Scarborough. Had their original uh, startup in 79. First album has actually just been re-released after all these years, which was a budget recording done, but really gives a bit of a flavor of the band. This track actually comes from their 19, uh, 1982 album, uh, Run From the Darkness, and this is uh, Don't Give Up.
Daniel Band's arguably uh, really probably the first uh, Christian metal band. Not that did, others didn't fall later, but they sort of set the groundwork. Maybe quite noticeable to see the influence of Rush, who the band and especially Dan McCabe absolutely adored. So, of course, they followed in that same uh, same trend as Rush. So, also tonight, or just not forgetting what we're all about tonight, this is, you know, Christian music, uh, Christian worldview. So, not necessarily hearing about God in every song, but, you know, the background of each track has really got that at its heart. We also have up tonight, one, probably one of the better known bands uh, coming out of the basically out of the hippie Christian group, uh, Jesus People USA. This is Resurrection Band with Awaiting Your Reply.
got next artist we have up is Phil Keggy. Phil Keggy is known as actually one of the greatest uh, guitarists of all time. Incredible feat, especially since considering that he's only got nine fingers, and no, the one isn't on his left hand. It's on his right, and he plays right-handed. So listen up. Halfway here through, you'll start to hear some of his uh, really amazing uh, guitar abilities. So tune out the turn out his vocal abilities, which are not the greatest, but certainly uh, just appreciate his guitar work.
but what about so yes another little flub there but i'm famous for that listen so that uh, that last track was from uh, mark hurd tip of my tongue he was actually known for an unfortunate reason too is that he was performing at the uh, cornerstone festival in uh, southern illinois and at the age of 40 i actually suffered a heart attack on stage and just uh, died a few years later but next up, what we've got, we've got part two of the uh, interview with Randy Stonehill. So let's just see how this flies. How the industry itself has changed so much in the last 40 years. It's been, it's been a number of significant changes. I mean, you've experienced just going from vinyl to, uh, to, to cassette to CD and now digital. So now what are the, what are the pros and cons for how the industry itself has changed? Well, um, I don't have a, a, a whole lot of good things to say about the industry, you know. I, I, um, but yeah, there certainly have been big changes. It, it troubles me when I see that it's it's primarily com- commerce driven, and uh, most of the of the Christian record companies are now their narrow cast situations owned by secular companies who are all about the money. I, they tend to, as far as I can tell, this is my two cents worth, they tend to focus on a, a genre or a, a new movement that's, you know, that is creating um, a broader or appealing to a broader audience, and they'll, they'll bear down on that because they think, well, that's where the record sales are. And, I, and sadly, I see that even in worship music, and also how the companies interact with radio. Radio has become much more linear um, unless it's privately owned. And it's, it's, it's praise and worship music. This is the, the current genre of the past several years. Uh, and some of it is excellent, but the point is I still see it being co-opted you know, by the big machine who's just going, okay, this is, this is where the money is. So that's frustrating to me. But I do remember that God is God, and he's just very clever, and he's always way ahead of the curve. And so I see, the the happy thing I see is that with the advent of the Internet, record companies are, they're becoming all but obsolete. And and so you you have a global voice with the Internet, and... There's so many people out there creating their own websites, and and just and just building their own audience with this amazing new voice of cyberspace. So, I, so I think that's that's the hope for the future. I, I don't know what's going to become of record companies. I suppose they're still relevant to a small extent with maybe the top ten percent of really big selling artists. But yeah, beyond that, I, I always thought the industry was dysfunctional, <laughs> and and I come in. My my role, of course, is not to be a snob or cantankerous, but to come in. And when I was with a record company for many years, I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to try to be the best team player I can, uh, and pick my battles carefully. So now, of course, you're just producing and distributing just your material on your own. Yeah. I am doing that. Uh, I have had some uh, distribution to store outlets with the past couple of records, but um, that it, that's kind of a it's, that's sort of a sidebar issue. Uh, I mean, a sidebar element. It's just not that effective. 
as I continue to present myself and my work before the Lord, you know, a living sacrifice and say, hey, I'm yours, what do you want? What do you have of me? Excuse me, what would you have of me? Um, I watch him continue just to, to open doors. And so I'm I'm very excited and I'm very busy. Uh, and then I'm just trying to be a good steward and continue to grow my own ministry and my own audience, you know, with uh, by utilizing Facebook and and uh, and the website and seeing where God will take it. Well, God has kept you in in this business in the music industry and as a performer and sharing His Word for forty one years. So now, because being back in uh, back in eighty two from a vinyl LP that I have, you know, we had your song speaking. Uh, which was called Turning 30, which everybody knew and everybody loved. So now how is it when you're turning 60? Well, you know, I'd, I'd comment on that, Dave. But frankly, I forgot your question. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I think, frankly, I mean, I, I've, I'm blessed to still have spring in my step. Uh, I'm enjoying my 41st year in music ministry. Um, so that's, you know, I consider that as an honor. You know, to to have been doing what I'm called to do for a full generation of of time, and um, yeah, I'm not quite sixty yet, but it's coming up next March. But you know, the reality is, um, I'm probably more passionate now about what I do than I ever was, because through the years, by God's grace, I've I've gotten the main thing into focus, which is really communion with the Lord and and when you get that oh this is this is what life is about and you really are tasting that in a personal way then then you become more and more passionate about sharing it and I think I also recognize the privilege of having any participation at all in God's eternal purposes and that privilege comes more sharply into focus the more you look down the road of your life and you realize man you know what there's a lot more road behind me now than there is ahead of me. There's only so much daylight. So I think, well, okay, so by God's grace, it's Haggai 2.9, you know, and the latter glory of this house will be greater. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. The latter glory of this house will be uh, greater than the former, you know, says the Lord of hosts. You go, okay, well, let me. I'm going to take the, the last season here, and as I really press in hard with the Lord— I think I'm going to watch him make it, um, you know, a, a hundred times more dense and meaningful than all the years behind me. Well, it's great that you're still able, speaking to audiences and sharing your word and your music and your faith to so many for so for so long. But now this is album number 29, so you've got a lot of you got a lot of albums under your belt. Spirit Walk. I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but describe a little bit about the album and and the current tour that you're doing right now. I know I'm encouraged um, to be hearing that, if I may say, <laughs> that's my interview. I, I I can say, yeah, that the album's being um, people are starting to talk about it as one of my best, which makes you feel good. You go, okay, well, I've been digging deep and I've been practicing, and I think I've got more to say now than I probably ever did and it's a it's a it's a, a mixture stylistically it's a mixture and I like that because it just it just keeps things interesting it, you know you can't really pigeonhole it except that 
I've always been a lover of a story worth telling, and then I've always uh, attempted to, you know, to tell one well. The, all the world, Dave, all the world leans in to hear a story, you know, because our lives are stories that are still unfolding, and, and I, I just think that's, that's the common denominator in my work. Um, if you had to pigeonhole this a bit, it, it would sort of go in probably more in Americana than, you know, or I don't know if there's like alt gospel or something. It's because it's, it's a bit rock and roll, but it's also acoustic driven in places. And I think, you know, you could describe it uh, as a festive potpourri. It's time for me to pick a language and commit, I suppose. But yeah, so I think, you know, it's, it's pretty diverse and colorful and I hope you like it. Well, thanks for uh, taking uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule, Randy, to talk uh, talk with us, talk to the listeners of the Antidote, and to me. And uh, to, of course, Randy's playing uh, tonight in uh, in Peterborough at Murray Street Baptist Church. So anyway, along with along with Jody King. So of course, by the time you're hearing this, the concert will be over, and you'll know what you've missed. Thanks again, Randy. Uh, my pleasure, Dave, and, and uh, God bless. All you radio listeners out there, just remember the key directive is abide. Abide in the Lord that loves you and knows your name. And again, that was Randy Stonehill, second part of the interview from him. Actually, a great guy, bit of a comedian on stage too, and uh, quite a quite a superb performer. Next track up we've got is with uh, Petra. Yeah, known as a retro band, had a 33-year career. And actually, have just has sort of fell, just fell by the wayside. They sort of dissolved the band, and now they're back again. This is actually one of their later tracks, their final studio album that they did back actually in '92, which really brought them back into the rock realm, uh, being produced with uh, Peter Furler of the Newsboys. This is Jekyll and Hyde.
Yes, that was Petra. And of course, here we're going to do a favorite for Andrew tonight. I'm sure he's, uh, Andrew's just sitting out. He's our operator for this evening. And I'm sure he's just absolutely itching to hear Striper. So I'm Dave Hawkins. This is The Antidote. And thanks for listening in again uh, to to the show. And of course, it's been presented through the facilities of Trent Radio. So again, here we go. Final track for the night. To Hell with the Devil by Striper. <laughs> 